0: Howdy gang! Backcountry barbells, Josh Monick, Jeremy Day. What's up, man? Um, man. You, know, you know what's crazy about this chat we're about to have? We're starting it with no hiccups. We did it. We logged on. I know,
1: man. <laughs> I'm not sitting here staring at my computer, going, "Why can't I hear him?" Burm, burm, burm. Yeah. <laughs> the
0: com- the files are in the computer. No, we we um Zoolander reference there, but no, it's cool. We just got started right on. So uh, so uh, God bless all things happening as they should for once. So I'll take that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: (laughs) Amen to that. But uh, speaking of amen, I want to bring something up. Uh, And we're talking about it briefly, but I I married a buddy.
1: That's awesome.
0: And I mean that not like I married him, like we're partners now. I mean that like he wanted to get (laughs) married and I did the ceremony. I thought that was pretty cool. Have you ever, did you know how easy it is to do that? And how actually I've always complained like how come I haven't been asked to be a best man in a wedding yet? And then all of a sudden I got this phone call. My buddy's like, listen, <laughs> me and Ashley want to get married. This COVID thing sucks. We've been planning this and we can't get it done. So we're going to drive to a mountain somewhere and get married. Could you do that for me? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it.
1: So did you get online at that point in time and then get ordained? Or
0: Yeah, he's, I said, well, I don't know the logistics of this. And I told him, I was like, I don't feel like doing any of the legwork. So I want to make sure you're... Marriage is legal, so I think the best way to, for me to make sure it's legal is for you to make sure it's legal first. So he did all this stuff, and he checked with Pierce County, and he, he found this, like, online, or, you know, I don't know if it is ordination the right place, but whatever. It's like this kind of just, it's a cheese ball church thing that's just, like, I could do, like, Wiccan ceremonies. I could do the marriage any way I wanted, you know, but I couldn't do it in, like... I probably couldn't do it in, like, um, a—if I had permission from, like, the Catholic Church or an Episcopal Church, I could probably do it in their facility if they let me, depending on their rules, but I don't think it would—I wouldn't—I'm not ordained under their church, right? So I couldn't do, like, a a true Catholic I don't think you can
1: in the Catholic Church. Oh, no, I don't think so.
0: I mean, uh uh-uh. you got to become a theologian. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, I like reading the Bible. I like, you know— talking story, but, um, I'm not marrying people now. (laughs) I'm doing it now.
1: (laughs) But It was, funny. it was cool.
0: And agreeing to do that for them was neat too, because once we got into it, I was like, well, if you want to get married by a mountain, me and the wife, we're taking pictures out by Mount Rainier and we're going to spend the weekend out at this, um, Alta resort right out there because we're not doing our trail run. He's like, okay. So we ended up planning their whole wedding for him too. Like we hooked him up with a ba- we hooked him up with a baker, we hooked him up with a spot, we got him a hotel room, like and then I got to thinking with my wife, I was like, Liza, this is our next life. I was like, we could just coordinate small scale weddings and then, you know, I'll charge a fee for doing the ceremony and you charge a fee for setting it up and planning it, and we probably we probably could do do pretty well for ourselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> photography, that's where it's at, man. They get about ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand.
0: Well, Not this one. So, but I will tell you, we had, we did have a, we actually had a family photography session set up for that day. My wife likes to do this. And my wife's getting better at it because I don't know if you remember last year, I was a day late to elk camp because we had to take family pictures. Well, she got smart. She, she got them done before August. You know what I mean? So we're that last weekend in July. So I'm making moves there. Uh, Learned. Yeah. We all, well, I learned too. I had to put my foot down, told her August, September, elk season. Get it together.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's
0: a, that's a no zone. That's a no zone. No
1: family. No, I'm just joking.
0: Well, and, and I'll tell you this too. You bring up no zones. Um, you know, uh, I talked to Trent Fisher uh, and we posted that podcast and he teased me a bit for, I told him I had kids who were born in September and November and he looked at me sideways. Like, don't you know that you shouldn't do that? Like, and I'm thinking, I'm like thinking how dialed in do hunters have to be to think about when they're going to, you know you know, slip one past the goalie to make the baby. And I'm like, I'm not at that level yet. So can I be honest? Cool. So like, this will be a funny question for you. When, you know, you, you were hunting and, you know, you were hunting your whole life and you got married to Michelle and, you know, you got your kiddos and stuff. Was that, was that in your mind at all? When you're thinking about having children, like I don't want them to be born in hunting season.
1: No, no, because <laughs> actually I didn't start hunting until after we got married. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we are high school so, sweethearts. That's right. Yeah. So we got <laughs> married in June. Thank God. Okay. And then um, I was a rifle hunter. So that was November. And um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think about it at all, but it worked out good. I've got a August baby and a July baby and, and now an October baby, but um, no way. July, September, and October.
0: Who's October?
1: Titus. Oh well, you, that that
0: you know that's an interesting one though because we you know Titus' situation he's your son a little different though right I mean yeah you know so so to be honest the stars are aligned for you I mean you're a you're a you're a star crossed hunter sir it's just you know you're did, meant uh, to be
1: I, I, I did miss his birthday uh, four years ago I was hunting in Kansas because mm. his birthday's the twenty sixth and the hunting down there is like I think I took off the twenty. Fifth. well but uh, no one talked to me for like two months but you know you got over it i'm just joking you're still their father right yeah I mean, my wife is good <laughs> what? yeah my wife knows she's a hunting widow during september october november and she's accepted it finally and is what it is yeah
0: we've reconciled so i'll tell you this too um I am missing my daughter's birthday, September eighteenth, and it's so funny. uh, You know, I kind of charged the family up for this, so you know, I I made a deal with the wife for Labor Day. We're gonna do something for Lucy that's really cool and special. But then I got Lucy so fired up about elk camp. You know what she wants for her birthday from her dad? What's that? An elk skull.
1: Nice. (laughs) You're gonna have to deliver, man.
0: Yeah, I told, but I here's here's how you can tell me what you think of this. I told her, I said, look, Lucy daddy can't give you an elk skull an elk skull something you have to earn so what i can do for you is i can kill my first elk in your honor does that work for you and then you can look at the elk skull all you want but i'm not gonna lie to you that first one's mine i had to be i had to be i had to be honest with her that's rad you know and you know you could skirt around that as a parent but i'm like Let's be honest with them. I'm not gonna, you know. Let's let's be honest with the kids here. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. Um, I ain't gonna cross hairs with her. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna fiddle around with it until like three weeks after the skulls on the wall, and she's asking me if it's hers, and I gotta be like, no, it's not. No, no, it's
1: not. <laughs> I, I, that's mine. I worked my ass off three years. Yeah, I know. That's to right. Get
0: that I hope so, but I told her if I get two this year, which I have two elk tags, you can have the second. How about that? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so it'll so, be awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped for this year, dude. Yeah, I've got, I've got something in store for you for our our first day hunt when we go to uh, Oregon. It's gonna be a little brutal.
0: So is it is it um, like a gift or is it like a hard hike? I mean, what do you mean you got something it, in store for me?
1: Well, it's gonna be a super duper hard hike. Okay. In hopes that it'll become a gift for you.
0: I love it. I it's love off
1: the beaten path. Nobody's hunting in this area. And um, it goes opposite or contrary to what anybody else thinks about when you go in, t- when you take off from a trailhead.
0: I love it. So, uh, do you want to get, let's, uh, without talking about the spot, let's just jump right into the hunting stuff. Um, what do you mean by that? Like opposite or contrary opinions?
1: Well, because most people, you know, they want to go right out of the gate they're going to leave a trailhead that's out in the middle of nowhere and that's where this trailhead is and they want to take the trail in three five miles and this particular trail just happens to be a path of least resistance lack of better terms so it's the initial hike you gain like two three hundred feet and then it's just you're on this ridge and you can go on that ridge for six miles very cool it's an old jeep trail ridge and um But there was a burn that went through there two years ago and there's a lot of great north facing kind of steep slopes with a lot of water in between one ridge system and a bigger ridge system. So we're gonna hike down we're gonna hike down to thirty five hundred feet and then we gotta come back out to seven thousand.
0: I love it. That's awesome.
1: And but if we get one down in there, it's not gonna be too bad. I mean the first initial descent is pretty brutal, but once we get down there, man, there's some a bunch of lookout points where we could do a lot of great um, morning glassing, afternoon glassing, evening glassing, set up a camp, and, 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 and be on a rim to where we could look almost 270 degrees. Oh, very and, cool. You know, north-facing, south-facing, drainage, and then another north-facing, and then south-facing. So. I've been doing a lot of work on that front, doing my e-scouting, and I have all the water holes because that's the one thing we're going to battle is water, right, because we're going to be in high elevation at the top of the mountain. So I I located all the watering holes that I think so that we can, um, depending on what route we end up going, we're going to be – we should be be taken care of. So
0: So I have a question. It sounds to me just like – it sounds to me this spot is a little bit more grand and open than what we've typically been hunting here in Western Wash. Oh There's...
1: yeah, this is all wilderness, so no no vehicles for several hundred miles.
0: Well, I mean, in terms of um, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem as Roosevelty country or like rainforesty dense pine stuff. It seems is it is this more Eastern
1: Oregon? It just Eastern I'm Eastern Oregon. Oh cool. So this is going to yeah, be. Yeah, we're going to be hunting Rocky Mountain.
0: Oh, very cool. So. No, I'm fired up. Shows you how much I've been e scouting the spot you sent me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've
1: I was relying on you. Yeah, I was just that's about right. To that. That's right. Just kidding.
0: No, but you know, because I've been looking more on um the the weekend spot for the opener in Washington too. So it's really thrilling to just have like two tags and all these different options. But no, that's really cool to be thinking more um the eastern side and going at it a bit. Um, that that sounds
1: exciting, man. New adventures. Oh, it is, and it's 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 big timber, lots of different stages of burns. Very so cool. it's a, and then if it's all bunk, I've got a backup plan that's just right down the road, about three mile, three hours, and I know we'll get something in there. I love it. Well, but little more people. Yeah,
0: that's okay. I mean, look, I think I think what we, you even talked about in the beginning, like people, I think like I'm trying to. I'm trying to make a mental switch about seeing people because it seems like when you're on these general tags, you're going to run into them no matter what. Like even like turkey hunting, whatever. Like, and I think the thought needs to be in how do I not ho-hum, there's a guy in the woods, but okay, how can I maybe think about how their pressure is going to influence the animal we're hunting?
1: Absolutely. That's what That's what I, anytime I see a hunter, the first thing I always think about is, okay, he's, he's doing a push hunt for me. Where are the elk going to go? What are they going to do? So I'll pull up the onaxe and take a look at the, an ugly spot or, you know, look at the ridge system, see how steep things are, and then pinpoint, okay, they'll shoot. Let's cut over here and then over there. We haven't had to do much of that in the areas that, that we've hunted. I mean, the one like we're going to hunt this year, there's not too many people in that backcountry. Last year there was a crap load of people everywhere driving roads my, mainly. Yeah. And there's a lot of road systems, so um Yeah, this will be a unique kind of hunting for you because it is way open, way more open country. It's it can be steep and it's dry and um yeah, and it's rocky mountain elk too, so they they move a lot more. I love it. Up no. and down, so
0: yeah. I think, I think that's going to be awesome. I love, I love trying something new. I mean, and, and I kind of, I kind of coined it as like a, even in my early stages of this hunting situation, this is my third elk camp only, which is, I'm still infancy and I'm I'm willing to a hundred percent recognize that, but I definitely have like a hunting wonderlust, you know, like in the sense where, yeah, I just want to go to another spot. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, It's not, like, in, like, a micro sense. It's not, like, for the weekend or the hunt we're on. Like, I'm fired up to pick that apart together. But, like, even to some degree, like, going back to, like, our late season spot the second time, um, I went for that solo hunt that, you know, I've kind of late season hunted before with some of our other hunting partners. I was like, I just feel... I feel like I'm looking at my – I feel like I'm watching my mom get undressed being back here again. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. – Yeah, I just don't want to be here. You know, I don't need to do this. You know, I'd rather be somewhere else. You know what I mean? So I think I think that's really cool to not only go to Oregon but to to kind of pick apart a whole different kind of – that eastern kind of dry high terrain, those high elevation hunts. I think that would be awesome, man.
1: Yeah, no, it will be a lot of fun. And, and next year, 2021, it's sounding like they're – going to a draw system over there for archery so pretty controversial deal but yeah you know i think it's in the best interest of the elk and the hunting pressure and everything else but um so this is a great year because it's an over-the-counter tax, so we could just go sweet and um and it's going to be one of few times that you're going to be able to actually hunt Rocky Mountain elk because in the state of Washington, it's pretty tough if you, unless you want to do spike only. So, yeah. and these are you know, these are true East side of the mountain Rockies. Cool. There's no there's no Rocky Mountain elk with uh, Roosevelt elk mix like there is you know towards the Cascades. So.
0: Yeah, it's funny that that kind of idea, like that, how I five kind of like dictates an elk species to some degree, right? Like, it, yeah, yeah, it's weird, and I wonder, like, how how true is that? Because you know, um, you know, following a little bit of this, you know, um I'm a I'm a fanboy of the meat eater guys, and they'll have like biologists on here and there, and they talk about this a little bit, and how like. Depending on like whether you're like a biologist that believes in the genetic thing, or you're a biologist that believes in like all these different traits, but it seems like the the um, it seems like in this space the um the tendency is to kind of take the idea of species away in a weird way, where to, you know elk is elk, right? Um, so but that's interesting because that's definitely a conversation that you know that is uh, it's one to be had, right? I mean, because they are different, yeah. They are different. And I'm wondering, too, like, are they different like you and I are different? Are they different like, you know, me and like, um, you know, uh, some Asian fella are different? But are we all the same still? We're, we're kind of human, right? So it's funny. You look at these characteristics. But I'll tell you this. I still like the Roosevelt elk. I like the idea of them, no matter what they are. You know, again... They're kind of curmudgeon they, They're they're homebodies. You know, they're bigger bodied, right? They seem to. Oh yeah. They, to me, like a like a, as I learn about them, as I characterize like what I think a Roosevelt elk is, I think it's like the strong, silent type, where. I think of a Rocky Mountain elk more like a Terrell Terrell Owens type, who's going to not only do something, he's going to want everyone to know about it. Where the <laughs> the Roosevelt elk's just going to do his business and not give a rip who's watching. You know what I mean? So,
1: right, right. <laughs> so, does
0: this mean these Rocky Mountain elk? Well, I mean, it seems to me like calling isn't as much as we all like to call when we're out here in Western Washington, like. You know, and whether that's because of timing or pressure, you know the elk don't seem to be as
1: vocal um
0: do you think there'll be a lot more call in action back and forth when we're out east with these guys?
1: Yeah, particularly because of the week that we've chosen to go there is about when they're going into the rut, so they'll be a lot more talkative We're and or so the difference between those Rocky Mountains and the um Roosevelt are the Roosevelt will start bugling. Here in a in a week or two. I talked to my brother yesterday, and he's he's he heard one bugle yesterday, uh, two days ago. Oh, really? Where's he at? Yeah, he's over in Coos Bay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he um he heard him bugle. It, it's at a park. There's a little park there that they have where they have an elk there, but it, it bugled inside the park. But it's just interesting that it popped off. Um, so they'll start being pretty vocal. They're they're more vocal in the first couple of weeks of the the pre rut action, sure. And then they kind of quiet quiet up and quiet How how would you say that? Get quieter. And then they're less likely to call, you know, in the later part of the season. Where the Rocky Mountains, in my, you know, when I was living in Primeville and hunted them quite a bit, they were more vocal in the last week. Because I used to live right across the street from the Les Schwab Ranch or the the granddaughter. And the elk were out there all the time. and I'd just sit on my back porch and drink coffee and listen to them. Very cool. Bugle in the morning and at night drink a beer and listen to them just rut all night long. And the most rut action i ever I seen was typically that last week of September and then the first couple of days of October. Yeah, and the rut action is
0: interesting because in, in even in my observation last year, like when we were out scouting that weekend before Camping with the Boys, which was pretty – Late July. I, believe, I wish I could get that weekend together. I remember seeing that nice six bite. I mean, we saw herds of elk, but I also remember that one day, you know, we saw in the, in the herds that I saw with you guys late coming out there late with because my own problems, they were all cowed up. But but the morning before we left, we walked out and we saw a bull. Watching us, and it was that nice five by six or five by seven—I forget which one it was—but that that bull was cowed up. He was pushing cows around already, and yeah. Um, to tell you how early that scouting trip was, when I was out at the range practicing, I was talking with a guy about it, and he goes, "Man, that's early for them to be even, you know, considering you know what what's going on or getting into that." But, um, you know it. You, you can never know it's not like we can go up and talk to them we don't know why they're doing what they're doing but i would say in my again just to put in my own um my own thoughts these it always seems like we were a little early to catch all the chatter you know what i mean yeah in where we were and i, I wonder if we were early or there was a little bit of pressure but um
1: you well, know no, i think we were early in 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 the rut phase for sure i mean the bull i got he was a four by four but by all, he was the herd bull, but he was not a herd bull. Sure, he just had the herd at that point. He was the, the herd bulls po- were still up at the high country, like where we spotted that one at the very top, and yeah, you're like, let's go get him. And I, <laughs> that's when I said, hell no. I mean, that's a long ways up there, but that's where all those bigger bulls were hanging out all by themselves, and they just come down and kick the little bulls out when the cows. Go into more estrus, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a point where there's a trigger, and I've watched it. I've watched them come off the mountain, or, or hurt them, and come off the mountain and just start kicking those little guys out. And it's usually around the time that we're there. The ruts have been in the Pacific Northwest, in the in the in the um, Roosevelt areas that we hunt. It's been off a little bit. It seems like it's two one two weeks late. So where the rut comes in late, so we're catching it to when they're, you know, the pre-rut, they're kind of doing a little few things, and then when it when it goes into the rut, it changes the dynamics quite a bit. Yeah, cause so. I, c-
0: I can remember that was a conversation last year at the end of our season, and even already thinking about this year was like, oh, next year is pretty good actually because the hunt is going to be stationed further back than it has been in the past because that it seems like yeah. it seems like the group that really gets the prime rut action here in Western Washington seems to be the, the muzzleloader group. Right. So, um, yeah, but, but that's, what's cool actually about Oregon that I saw, um, their setup is different. They get a little bit more time for archery in the early season. They get that full month where we get, yeah, what, they get they, two weeks. So those,
1: I think I was just looking at the calendar. That's why I was looking away from you, but I think it's August 29th through September 26th. Yep is what their hunt is. And then ours is in Washington state is the 12th through the 24th.
0: Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's half the time for one. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's why, you know, that's why, you know, taking advantage of, you know, military status made sense to me. Like, Hey, let's go down there for like the same, the same cost to me, like Washington. And, you know, to me, Washington and Oregon are like the same place because of you know, the family status and we can take advantage of that, which is pretty awesome. So, um, and then I thought it was cool, too, because that's your old stomping grounds a little bit, you know. And like I said, i got to take advantage of this wanderlust. You know, why not go check out Washington, I mean, Oregon.
1: So I'm fired up, man. I'm, I'm really pumped Yeah, I've hunted this spot that we're going before, and um, it's, a, it's a pretty big country. It's pretty awesome. We got lost one time. We were back in there pretty deep, and I found a ping pong paddle, which <laughs> the, was kind of wild.
0: Is this the fence line story?
1: No, no, this that's that's out. That's over in the uh, Grizzly unit. No, this was a uh, yeah. It was a trip. Dude, you found a ping lost. pong paddle? Get into this. Uh, yeah, no, we're <laughs> just walking along, dude, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. We were a mile off of the trailhead and uh, down this ridge system, and I look over and I see a damn ping pong paddle. So I went over and picked it up, and then there was three of us, um, and we we're gotten into a dialogue and. Then when we got back, we were looking it up and stuff and talking to people. And then apparently it's a thing. People in private planes will be flying and the door will fly open and a lot of their shit will get sucked out of there and fly all over the place. And so people have found wallets. They've found nice. like me a ping pong paddle. They've found you know suitcases, <laughs> all sorts of weird stuff out in the middle of nowhere. And apparently, it's a thing. These private planes.
0: Well, that that's a cool story, but it doesn't explain all the washing machines that I've been seeing when I go out into some of these backcountry spots. I'm like, who's who's bringing that out here? You know what I mean? Which I know I, it's <laughs> ridiculous. But um, you know what else? You yeah. know, I wonder too. You know, instantly I thought, I wonder if like a group got together and they thought that was going to be their communication system from a distance. I wonder if like ping
1: pong paddle (laughs) they flipped it sideways
0: yeah like or if one side was red and one side was green I don't know how much you remember about this paddle but instantly I'm like I wonder if they were like green means get your ass over here red means stop because you know sometimes these these like these like hand signals that everybody knows, but everybody forgets in the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? Right. I I wonder if people weren't signaling, but you know, it's,
1: well, I want to think that it flew out of a jet flying over at 5,000 miles an hour. Sure. Oh, you know, maybe it was a UFO dude. I don't know. (laughs) The government just released it, you know, the, the, the UFO squad, they're going to, they're going to develop one. Well, not
0: only did they release that, they, they came out and said, we've recovered craft, not of this world. Like, yeah. Like, okay. And that, you know, I guess, COVID is crazy. It tells you the power of COVID. Like, that one kind of fell under the radar. Like, how does a statement like that fall under the radar?
1: You know? Is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now but, they could say, well, we announced it. And yeah. everybody's like, announced what? I didn't hear it.
0: Yeah. But uh, I want to get back to the getting lost part. Because um, one thing I am thinking of picking up, and I, I'm on the fence about this, I want like a backup GPS system. Um, Because uh, it just makes sense. But I don't want something that's going to help me communicate too much because I do like that backcountry spot, and I know there's options there. But I'm really thinking about pulling the trigger on one of these little inReach minis. And it seems seems like what this does is it gives you the GPS stuff in an emergency. It'll give you a place if your phone dies. But it also enables communication, but not like a phone call. Like I could send texts. And to me, that, that seems it's not what I want to do. But one, I know no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to be a map reading expert anytime soon. It's just a lost art that I'm just not going to be able to pick up anytime soon. Um, and I think, you know, you can have backup plans where I go with the, you know, the best roads north, hike north X amount of miles and find it. That's one way to go. But I also feel like more than anything, this little mini in-reach setup will put my wife at ease more than it will even be helpful to me. Like I feel like that – 300 bucks or 350 bucks I'll spend on this thing will be priceless in the sense that at the end of the night, if I can text my wife and say, I'm good, you don't got to worry. I think that'll, I think in the, cause I'm getting close to hunting days. Like I think I'm maxing out, but I think if I had this, I might be able to squeeze out a couple more next year. So I'm kind of planning ahead in that regard. So have yeah, you, yeah. What do you, I mean, you guys have, you guys, uh, you and Dave used like the Rhino, the old school Rhino kind of comm system. But, uh,
1: I haven't used that for two years. Well, I know you bring, uh, so I know that the, I always bring it yeah. just in case. It's a great backup. I, yeah, but I always, you know, since Onyx, but Joe, you know, I, I do so much e scouting. I have the whole thing yeah. pictured up here. Sure. And part of that is because I've gotten lost a few times. This being, you know, this <laughs> this incident was one where we we just got off track a little bit and it got dark. I mean, me and the one of the guys found our way back but we ended up at a ranch and then they weren't too happy to see us because considered trespassing right but yeah we had no option we saw the light and we just followed the light and then came down and then lo and behold our friend darren drove down that road and found us i mean it was real lucky yeah because those people didn't want to help us
0: Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but so but what do you, I mean have you looked into these little in-reach systems at all? I mean are they cuz I know a lot of guys use them and even um uh again referencing you know, our guys down South, the born and raised crew, you know, when they're getting ready for like their 2.0 and they're spending 45 days straight to them, it's almost as much about being able to chat with the family here and there when they're doing these long hunts. And to be honest, I can see my wife going, you're going to be in the woods for how long without a chat? And I'm like, well, you know, it could be, it could be nine days, you know, you're gonna to have to deal with that. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what? Like it's, it's, not having that precedent set, it's beyond her to consider, you know, like she's done three yeah. day trips, but like, even when she does her three day trips, we chat, you know, in this day where everyone's so connected digitally, like that, that nine days of not communicating seems to really be freaking her out.
1: Yeah. You know, and we're honestly, where we're going, we're going to have service up at the high country because oh, cool. there's cell towers everywhere and there's all these drainages. So we- and once you get up there in certain elevations, anywhere in Oregon and Washington, typically you'll have service. Okay. There's a few pockets where you get down in. But um, like the born and raised, all those guys, they're going into space, places like Wyoming. They're going into Colorado deep in there. And there is no cell service because there's no towns within a vicinity. I mean, you've got hundred, hundreds of miles of the Rocky Mountain regions from east to west and then thousands of miles from north to south. Sure. So, um, So it's a little different compared to where we're going um but i'm about 98 sure that we're gonna get cell phone service up where we're hunting
0: all right well i'm gonna quote you on that i'm gonna go yeah I'm gonna go, eliza jeremy says he's 98 sure that we're gonna have a bar
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was three years ago we were hunting very close to here and we had cell service um we'd go to a particular rock and we had it was it was cell service and we're hundred miles, eighty miles away the crow flies from that location. So oh, very cool. and and near a bigger town.
0: Yeah, and you we get it. I mean, and, and she's and what kind of puts her mind at ease is even when we do that um that big trail series run, you know, when you get to the top you have the service, right? We've been there. I mean yeah. even around here where it's dense and interesting and weather can be whatever. It's just it's just, you know, like as the more I get into this, the know I'm more I'm gonna wanna get into this. And I'm just trying to get her comfy with it, right too. And I just think the more i can the more i can include her and show her cuz even what was also cool we did a we did a hiking trip where we drove through kind of um kind of where we're going to be hunting this year and where we hunted that first year and i'm like hey this is the terrain you know like this is where 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 i hunted my first elk season and where i hunt late season and where we're going to hunt the opening weekend this is it and it was kind of cool for her to see how close to a road we were and it was kind of cool for her to see the terrain, and for me to talk to her about it. Like, and I can see that as she's, as she's a hunting wife, she's getting more comfortable with me being a hunter, which is
1: nice. Yeah, that's great.
0: So I'm working it. Yeah, in. no,
1: it's um, yeah, and I think the InReach too. I think they also she can see where you're at at all times, if if I remember right. I, I researched them a little while back, but um, for some reason I thought she can ping every now and then and see where you're at.
0: Cool. Well, this I is, could be wrong. I want to. Um, do they do they carry those over at the Sport Co?
1: Um, I think so.
0: If they do, it'd be cool to actually go over there and talk to somebody a little bit more about them. I've seen that guys use them and whatnot, and. Um, uh, we'll see. You know, that's a piece of gear list that, that's I'm getting to it. My pack's getting the way I like it. And it's just one more addition I think that would be something in this day and age. Um, you know. But yeah. then, then the only problem with that is then I gotta worry about charging that thing and get this battery and that and whatnot. So we'll see. We'll um I'll Well that's get-
1: the thing, you just have to always have those kinds of
0: um then I'll be buying some solar. Battery cam. packs to yeah. do
1: that, because you're gonna have to have them for our cameras too, right? Yeah.
0: So it, it'll be um it'll be an interesting it'll be interesting, man. Lots lots to get into. But I'll tell you what's fired up too, though, is um the I think we're ready to handle the terrain. Um uh how's how's the training been? How I know last time we've been chatting a bit, the foot was funny, the knees interesting, but are we walking good? We're we going to be able to cover all these miles. I mean, what's um, what's your training? Yeah, no, dude,
1: like? I'm doing good. I am actually taken this week off. I overexerted myself a little bit over the weekend. I tore off a roof and then re-roofed, and then stained my deck, and then cut in a door, and I did all the stuff. And then this weekend, I got to cut six cords of wood. So I am uh, I was a little sore this week, and I've been training. I haven't taken very much time off in the last six, seven, eight months. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to give my body just a little rest, just kind of listening to it. And then, um, yeah, I'm good to go. I got a groin issue going on. I don't know what the hell's up with that. It's actually started since I started this program. Yeah. Well, you're. I don't know what I did. I think it's either lunging. I might have been when I was lunging and, and I stepped back, but. It's, it's, I'm getting old, dude. Well, and and that's okay. It's never,
0: uh, you're never perfect, right? I mean, even these, even these elk that do things and animals, I mean, they don't come out of nature unscathed, right? I mean, you have to test yourself a bit, but I think, but I think it's cool that you're backing off the training. But what's funny too, when you said like you're backed off training, but at the same time, you're like taking roofs down, you're, you're hammering you're hammering logs, you're doing funny things. Like you're, you're actually still training, right? So like too, I I tell these guys who even I, you know, do a lot of personal training for, I got this coming up, I got that. And I'm like, Hey man, stress is stress. Just because you're backing off maybe sets and reps doesn't mean you're still not training. Like it's, it's still there. And I would tell you, you're probably training more for camp than even I am. You know, it's one thing to walk around the neighborhood with 60 pounds on your back you know, and wave to the neighbors, but it's another thing to be, you know, in the wilderness, hacking wood, lugging things around. I mean, it's still all training.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it was crazy is that my knees and my shoulders and my hips, everything else, feel better than they ever have. Like when I walk, it's actually before I would get this kind of intense pain in my knees. And now it like it it, it almost sends off a dopamine hit every time i step i mean i'm like man this is really bizarre so it's cool and then i was it i had to pack all the bundles up a ladder and those are 80 pound 90 pound bundles i had to throw them over my shoulder and pack them up the ladder you know 15 rungs or 16 rungs and didn't even phase me dude i just kept going and going and going until i loaded the roof and i wasn't even taxed i wasn't even i mean so that's good
0: that's so sandbag that's that sandbag works huh
1: one thing happened, though, <laughs> that I'm super-duper bummed about.
0: You uh, dry-fired your bow. What?
1: No. I <laughs> would never be that stupid. No, I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> no. My pack, I showed you that I had for 20-some years. The frame pack? No, no. my. Um, wasn't I telling you a little while ago I had my backpack that I've had for 20-some years? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah yes, yes, yes. Um, it died. What happened? Did you blow a blowout? I put 45 pounds into it, and it just finally took a shit. <laughs> it happened. It is my favorite pack, man. I've had that thing. I want to say it's 22, maybe 23 years I've had that backpack. And it was my primary pack until I got the Badlands one that I sold you. Well, here, here's what
0: I would suggest. Um, I'm a sentimental guy, and I have this little shrine thing in my garage where I put rocks on it, little things. In fact, um, the, the bride of the um, – my buddy's wedding, they gave me like this because they were doing this last minute and they couldn't get fresh flowers and they're doing this traveling. She got like wooden flowers, like really cool looking wooden flowers. Nice. I pinned it somewhere. Right. It's on my little shrine. Like I have it. So I think what would be cool. You should cut a piece of that backpack off and like you should put it in your current pack. I think you should do that. Like have a no, little. Oh,
1: that's not a bad idea.
0: Kind of like what do they say in weddings? Like something old, something new, something barred, something blue. Like I wonder if we couldn't come up with a cool rhyme like that for for hunting camp. Like just like a, like a, uh, like a good luck charm. You know, kind of even like that Navajo story I was telling you, how they had all those pieces of dirt from those special places. Like it'd be cool to have. As you got something new, you pulled something old into the new thing, right? Like I mean, because I think yeah. there's real spirit in that stuff.
1: Absolutely, and I. My daughter bought me. Gosh, it was eight eight years ago. She bought this rock necklace. It was it was a leather necklace, but the rock was the um, the pendant or whatever it was. And it had an elk carved on it. And I leave that in my my hunting pack all the time. I mean, I have that. And then I have a finger rosary that um, Rachel Snay gave me. And um, I think there's something in there that my wife had given me too that I I keep as well.
0: What is a, a finger rosary? Is it a smaller version of a rosary that you can just go through all the stages with? Only two? yeah,
1: I think it's just got a decade on it, and you can just go through it. I I leave it in there in the event that I get stuck in overnight and I need to whip it out and
0: yeah, get some good mojo. I hear you. <laughs>
1: <mojo>. <laughs> no,
0: because I and I asked because. Um, You know, another thing, um, my buddy I married, uh, you know, we scrambled together. So I was like, God, I want to give this guy a bachelor party. But I was like, and I was telling the wife, too, I was like, I also need to get some training in. Like, I got this pack challenge I wrote, and I got to do it. Like, I got to, I'm going to go up that. And I was told her, I was like, since we're not doing that Ragnar race, I'm going to run that loop before the wedding. And she goes, It's Dustin's wedding. And I said, You're right, it is. And that hike is his damn bachelor party. That's what we're doing. So I, <laughs> I I organized it in that sense, but and I bring it up because while we were doing that and we were pushing hard at that final climb, one of the reasons I like to keep little rocks or trinkets, and in this particular one, I had a piece of um I had a peach of beach glass. You, ever, you know what I mean? By like old yeah. and it's just a cool smooth but when I get real crappy on a hike, I actually like to pull out of my pocket and rub it and it it for some reason like i feel like if i'm having a hard time taking big steps if i can grab that rock and just kind of get my fingers and thumb moving at the tempo that i want to hike at it'll get my legs to move with my fingers right so but i wonder if like a finger rosary just to get the good Lord on my side a little bit too. I, maybe I, you know I'll be marching to cadence. I could get. I get, I might have to look into one of those because you know. Again, I like to have. I feel like the more mojo you can have on your side, the better. I mean, let's get it. Let's get it right.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Huh? I 100 percent agree. i and now to that you're now that you're a, a minister of mar, a marrying. <laughs> how would they say it? A marrying minister. You, you better get him on your side.
0: Efficient. Efficient.
1: Efficient. Yeah, but it was, it
0: I, I kind of, so we forgot to do the paperwork right away. And um, after the wedding, you know, part of the wedding is after the wedding, which is as fun as the actual ceremony. You get to have a cocktail or two and, and talk shit. And we did plenty of that. But uh, as we were, I was like, oh, no, I forgot. We got to do the paperwork. So when I signed their paperwork, I did give myself the title of reverend. I just couldn't help myself. I had to do that. <laughs> so I don't know if that's my specific title. I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from old Tim there. Tim, if you're listening, you're still you're still the real rev. But um, uh, it's cool to throw that title around. It was a cool thing to do, man. Uh, not as cool as Elk Camp, you know, but it's something that I would ha- happily do again, and it was cool to be a part of that. It was cool. It, it, it was fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, and... In a similar way, just like Elk Camp, you know, the people make it fun, right? You know, yeah. I don't know if I would have as much fun officiating a wedding, you know, someone, even if someone paid me like 1200 bucks. hey, marry us. Okay, sure. It just wouldn't be as cool. Like I knew Dustin, I know Ashley telling their story. Uh, it, it was fun and, and being a part of it was neat. But um, that's also too what I think is awesome about Elk Camp. Like, you know, third camp in, you know, like we're putting plans together. Like it's just exciting, man. I hope other people are as excited as we are because there's, that means there's like, you know, what's the population of hunters? 3% of us. So there's like, there's 3 million excited guys out there. I'm happy for them. Right. (laughs) Well, they
1: said too, I just read an article that, um, applications went up 15% or something like that. Mm. So people put it in for draws for elk and deer for rifle. So there's a lot more interest in the hunting this year. And, and, you know, part of it could be because of COVID, right? People have more time to sit at home, think about it. and They um, probably want meat. I ain't going to lie to. And that movement as well, right? The healthy, organic the meat movement.
0: Yeah, or even access, right? I remember there was a part, you know, there were times at the beginning of COVID, you'd go in, there'd be no beef or there'd be no chicken, there'd be no pork, right? And Yeah. You know, when I had elk in the freezer, I wasn't so worried about it, right? But when when I killed that final piece of elk, I was like, "Son of a bitch, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get go this ahead. done." So I could see people wanting to supplement, but and I'll tell you what, if if hiking pressure is any indication of hunting pressure, there are so many more people on trails this year. Me and the family are pretty avid in terms of hiking. We really like it, and we've been hitting it hard this summer. But man, everywhere we go has been pretty pretty packed, like. Yeah, Every, yeah, everywhere. So, again, I think that probably with that in mind, if you figure if we see 15% more people, like speculating that we're not going to see anybody is probably not the plan. Like we talked about at the beginning, kind of figuring out what the elk are going to do if the pressure is probably the plan because they're going to feel it.
1: It's always the plan, it's always in the back of my head. I'm always thinking road pressure and even us i mean we're going to be in the same area for three days right
0: we're pressure. we're going
1: to be pressuring them so we got to we're going to pressure them the first day and i don't know where dave tim joe i don't know where you guys will go if i'm off by myself i mean you could pressure them down the hill and i mean you seen last two years ago when we were in this unit and they were being pressured they were down over that bluff steep on that hillside mm-hmm. in, in that thick reprod
0: well that that's what I'm thinking we have to do, especially this opening weekend. Like considering that pressure and considering the team we're gonna have, I mean we'll have five of us, if I'm counting right.
1: Should be five of us. I'm not one hundred percent sure, Andre. He's kind of been quiet lately so we'll see what happens i know he's got school dude so it's gonna be hard for him to pull it but
0: but even with that it's like how do we how do we how do we get our resources together to attack a spot right and okay here's a spot they might be and just the same way with your the bull you got, we kind of put that great push together and we worked collectively to sort it out and we, we got it done, which was pretty awesome. Um, one other thing I think that I think will be important to beat pressure. And I want to put this to you because it's a, it's something that especially with Oregon, we're going to have to hammer together. Um, I, I have this micro goal. I set a little goal and I had real issues last year when I went on that solo elk hunt late season, kind of walking out late in the, uh, early morning darkness. And I want to conquer my fear of being in the dark, right? But I also think my fear of being in the dark and being in the dark in the woods, going at that will help us deal with the pressure. Cause I, I really think like we need to be in our morning spot before sunup before it's absolutely. like, I want to be like, I want to be walking in the dark and I also think that our evening spot, we should we should probably be on it until after the sun goes down. Like, I, I want to hike in the dark. Like, I, that's just a goal for me. Like, I want to... Oh, well, do. I mean, that's yeah.
1: that's exactly the same way, like because I, I wanted to do the same thing, because yeah. every year, I'm trying to get everybody out of that camp. And, yeah! <laughs> Everybody's dragging ass and trying to, well, I'm fiddle-faddle. You know, you got some guys that take an hour to get going, or whatever. We're all wired different, but... Four thirty, I'm out of that camp. I don't care what anybody's. I'm gone.
0: Well, let's let's up it. Let's say four. Fuck it. I'm ready.
1: Well, thirty <laughs> gets us there at five, and then we have forty five minutes until that sun starts to come up. Gives us time to be in there. Gives the guy time, whoever's making breakfast that morning, to make breakfast. And
0: yeah, I'm also I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, the earlier the better, and the later the better, just because like I think, and I, even with that in mind, I'm like you know. They're not going to be moving. You don't see – even like when I see them on hiking trips or they're out. Like when I see – I told you when we were up at Hurricane Ridge, when we saw, I saw a herd of elk in the daytime. They were bedded, and it was prime time hours for humans strolling. But what were the elk doing? They were bedded. You know what I mean? So yeah. to catch them moving – which I think in these pressure situations, we just have to be we have to be in those spots, you know what I mean? We have to put in the hours and if that I'd be willing to take a nap at 11 o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean or whatever well,
1: Whatever that, that happens. Too, Joe is that you're gonna, we're gonna be walking through some country that's actually huntable. yeah. so why why get there too early and bump out? get to a spot where you can start to see and yeah. then you start walking through and but if you get there an hour early, I mean, you can take a nap, you fall asleep, and I've done it a million times, and you just sleep right there, and then you wake up and start your hunting. But I've found over the years it's just you got to time it right. you got to get in there right as the sun's coming up and not go through and put your scent through an area that you potentially want to hunt.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that's important because there will be feeding at night, so it's not like we want to walk through the meadow. So the key is probably going to be like whatever – Whatever spot we want to be in where we think they're going, you know, because the morning hunt, right, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong, but, like, the morning hunt is like, okay, they're feeding going to bed. The evening hunt, they're coming out of their bed going to feed, and with that in mind, we can catch them in those transitions, but in either case, what you don't want to do is blow up their meadow, so it, when we get in or out, no matter how we do it, I'd imagine it's going to be kind of hiking into the fringe. So we could get a we can get a spot at something and, and see them moving to to that bedding area.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So uh, and we're
1: we're gonna go through an area where they travel quite a bit, and I've seen the elk in there. Cool. I mean, right at dark, right at you know you see the body. I think you were with me last year, we or two years ago, we seen it. So there's one area it's sensitive. So you got to think to yourself, okay, is it worth going through here? this early because we know what's on the other end, fewer people, more elk, more people can hunt because we're going to be in these groups or does one group go early and second group go later and then follow up the trail and then head up towards the high. I mean, that may be the ticket.
0: Yeah. And we, we, you know, those are some things that you can spend all this time planning, but you'll figure there are, there's much of this that's going to be sorted out on the fly. Right. And, uh, it's cool to even just chit chat about it now. Um, but that's the, that, that kind of gets into my other little micro goal, too. The dark thing's interesting. But the other thing, too, is that late-season hunt we did, we, we saw that those bulls were pretty active at night. I mean, we saw two of them coming back. So the other micro goal is, like, every – like, be ready, honestly. Yeah, be alert. And and that that means even when you're hiking back to camp, you're still hunting. And that's been a really hard transition for me. Like, even – even in turkey hunting this year. I mean, we busted that flock and, you know, all of a sudden the yeah. hunt the hunt's over, so let's talk shit and hike back. Well, you're still in the damn woods. I think I need a reminder of that. Even when we're calling the hunt for the day and we're going back to the truck or going back to camp, like if there's still light, you're still hunting and there's still a chance. And I think I think punching the clock too early especially in that late season hunt last year i think cost it definitely cost us one bull because that bull was 20 yards from us and you really you turn, oh there's a bull yeah right and that we just saw yeah. it too late but if we were focused walking up to him we probably would have seen a horn or we would have seen an antler thrash because he was pretty close to the top of that
1: dude we had already walked by him like 40 <laughs> yeah. yards yeah he'd pretty- watched us for 40 yards <laughs> it's crazy yeah and, and no that's one of the things i i I have screwed up so many times because of that thing and I've blown so many opportunities. I couldn't even tell you how many opportunities I've blown where it's at the end of the day and I'm walking back to the truck and I got my head down because I'm tired, I'm hungry, and my, my eye is on the truck and getting down to where I can sit in my comfy seat or whatever or to camp and lay down or whatever. But yeah, it's putting that guard down. That's really the hard thing. And I'm with you on the... I don't like the dark either, dude. I don't like the evening dark. The morning, I can leave at 2 a.m. and hike in the dark because I know the sun's going to come up. And I'll be able <laughs> to right. find where I'm at. Yeah. At night, when that son of a bitch goes down, those are the two times I've ever gotten lost is when that sun went down because I lose all my... I'm just night blind. like yeah. Growing up skateboarding, all my friends could skateboard at night. I couldn't at all. I just eat it. So I uh, now I just kind of... I usually get out of the woods and start heading on the on the road systems back and I just need to keep my head up. Well and it it's to be honest. I'm like, with you on that.
0: It's listen, man. The dark's scary. Like it just is. Like it's okay to say and like even where we are in Washington, like there are nighttime predators that Yeah, Sasquatch, bro. Yeah, Sasquatch. I'm talking about the real one that's been caught on a trail cam multiple times. Uh, Cougars. Yeah, they Yeah, they will kill you. You know, at least they are polite enough to kill you. I mean, I know we don't have grizzlies, but we have cougars and they'll kill you. I mean, and, you know, we had, what, two, we had, you know, there's not many attacks in Washington, but there's been a lot more recently than there ever have been before. You can't argue yeah. me on that one. So, uh, so the you know, truth, but man. but so so we can be each other's accountability partners. We'll have to remind ourselves of this conversation. Hey, we're still hunting, and hey, man, we're in. What we're you know, we know where we are at. We'll get back to camp. We'll just we'll be all right. We'll be all right. You know, what I mean, we, I don't think we have to hold hands, but we can we can get ourselves through this, right?
1: <laughs> when I'm with a buddy it doesn't bother me at all. It's when I'm by myself.
0: Yeah, the it's the by yourself thing. There is I mean we're yeah. social, we're pack animals and you know, it is what it is, but um I'm fired up, man. I hope I hope as we kind of tinker through some of our our chats getting geared up for your elk season, uh, we're giving you guys a couple tidbits to get you guys fired up and ready, but um you know, it's 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 that time of year, man. There's a lot a lot of things happen for me in the fall that just ramp everything up between school start and kids' birthdays. But man, it's cool. Um, I will say this, there's, I'm not getting a lot of questions from the wife about what, what, um, about the camp. Right. So in a sense too, I'm also doing my job too, to like, I, I think I'm doing a good job of letting her know that this is a real thing. You know what I mean? And I think that that, that's cool. And I'm, I'm pumped up more than ever for this season. And, um, you know, let me ask you this as we close this thing out. You've been doing it for a little while, a lot longer than me. Does it does it keep going up? I mean, like anything else, it's got to level off. But I mean, have you ever had a lull? Like, have you ever gone into a fall, going, eh? Not this one. I gotta take this one down.
1: No, I don't think I've ever gotten to that much of a lull. I mean, there was a t- five six years ago where I was like, man, it's just I, I lost the. I lost the true, like that heart drive, right? I I still had the drive, the time of the year came and I wanted to be out there, but I just, my head wasn't in it a hundred percent. And I even think I came home early a couple times and just like, you know, be with my family, whatever. But then, but then again, I was on a lull where I didn't shoot an elk for like four years. That's tough. So I was like, and I'm used to shooting one every year. So I was like, oh crap. And, uh, that kind of got, I guess, messed with me. And then I smoked one and then I got the fire back and then there it is. Well, and now I'm like super pumped. Well, cool, Again. man.
0: Well, cool. I hope, I hope this little project and our chats are, are, contributing to that. Like I said, with the other folks too, it's fun. It's fun to do. It's, I was talking to one of the guys I train who's like, his goal is to like, do like CrossFit master stuff. And, uh, I had, to, I'm, telling all my clients i was like you know these 10 days i'm not going to be accessible you know talk to jake talk to this whatever and he goes well what are you doing and i said well this is my super bowl it's coming up this is what i train all year for these couple days like this is it and i was telling him why and a couple of things we've talked about in this show and he goes he goes you're the only guy i know who's ever even talked about elk but i think i'm interested (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like well they're not in Atlanta but they're trying to get them there you know I mean there's some cool stuff in, in West Virginia and whatnot but they used to be so but uh, you know it's it's real it's a, it's a fired up thing man and you know whatever anybody's doing like I think that there's like this underlying motivation too like if there's like a big dream or an accomplishment you should be pushing for it man that's the that's the, that's the cherry on top like to me yeah. this this elk season is the cherry on top that I look forward to every year and the last three at least, and um, I'm pumped for it, man. I can't, I can't wait.
1: (laughs) Well, man, we're only three and a half weeks away, dude, so. I know. It's pretty crazy.
0: We were supposed to talk about this camping trip we're doing with the boys to scout out the Washington spot, but we'll have to get that in um, down the line here, um, and uh, we'll have to get that going, but we've been going, uh, you know, we'll have to do that and maybe give a couple archery tips because I'm shooting I might not be using that diaphragm much right now but uh my i'm last year by this time i was hitting groups at 50 and i stacked i stacked three darts like 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 pins in a in a i just poof, they were like touching jeremy from 60 nice. from 60 and then i told you this too i was 33 percent on the x not grouping really well, but hitting hitting the target one out of three where I wanted it from 70. So my distance is coming out. Everything's, nice. fall, everything's falling in line. So things are things are happening, brother. And it looks like where you have us hunting, I'm going to need to maybe have some distance behind that bow. We're going to be a little bit more open rather than tripping and falling over them here in Roosevelt country. So.
1: Yeah, there's big timber. I mean, we're going to be hunting big timber. It's just a little... the. Um, the canopy, the underneath of the canopy is a little, you know, a little more open.
0: Yeah. And that's my favorite kind of woods, to be honest. Like, I have like this um, love hate with the Roosevelt country. Like, nobody likes being in that shit, but you like to tell the story afterwards. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. I it was, love it. It was fun crawling out of there. No, it wasn't. It was not fun at all. But, but big timbers, <laughs> big timbers fun to sneak around, right? And when you can navigate it, that's, that's the magic woods. you know, right. That's, that's the coolest thing that you can't get back east, you know, being in big cedar and old Douglas firs and just dark woods, you get that cool breeze and you get a whiff of a critter and you see some sign and you start breathing heavy and, and, and it's, I can't wait, man.
1: Yeah,
0: it's going to be cool. Well, cool. Um, well, sweet guys. Hopefully we helped you out. Uh, check out, um, you know, I talked about some gear to put, In my pack potentially, but I know for sure a piece of gear that'll be in my pack and on my feet is Ellsworth socks. So check those guys out, and if you like them, um, awesome. You can save some money. uh, B and B twenty, and even if you don't like them, they have this two years exchange program. Which Pete Dahlgren's the only maniac out there I know who's going to put a guarantee like that on a pair of socks yeah right so um so keep that in mind guys check them out at ellsworthsocks.com um keep following the show tell your buddies about it all that great stuff but man happy hunting train hunt live get after it guys uh jeremy man this was a great chat buddy i appreciate you
1: yeah it's good times like always man god bless america
0: get some folks i gotta crit my kids yelling at me the door's locked yeah i got michelle (laughs) calling me real quick so i'm gonna have to let you go